0: it's very important for us to understand the difference between the traditions of men and what the Bible says. And so with this, Rosh Hashanah is not mentioned in the Bible, but Yantruah is. Why was the reason of Rosh Hashanah, New Year's, Come into being. It's man's opinion through the rabbis. So first, we're going to look at why they why they introduce this to the Jewish people. In Vayikra, Leviticus chapter twenty-three, verses twenty-three through twenty-five. Okay. It says this, and this is the Lord assuring about the feast of the Lord, the, false, the fall feasts of the Lord. Leviticus 23, 23. And Adonai, the Lord said to Moshe Moses, tell the people of Israel in the seventh month, the first of the month is to be for you a complete day of rest for remembering a holy convocation What does that word convocation mean? But a gathering or assembling of the people. And so with this, we continue with the scripture. Announce with blasts of the the shofar. Do not do any kind of ordinary work and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. Okay, there's the Lord's command, okay? But one of the fascinating things is this and facts about the Holy Day of Rosh Hashanah, is that it is considered a new year. So what month of the year are we in right now? The seventh month. Okay. And now, before you get so upset about how rabbis have changed things by their traditions, think about this for one second. Most people in the world celebrate New Year's what month of the year? January. And what day of the year? The first. first. Okay. Do we find that in the Bible? No. Okay. So traditions of men. Okay. So now as we look at Rosh Hashanah, which the rabbis decided would be the new year after the seventh month. And so now we're going to go into their reasoning behind this. All right. And so as we go forward. This is, this is this, that they consider it a brand new year. Yet it's not called that in the Bible. The truth is, this day comes from the seventh month of the candle year, which is Teshri and the first day. And so this day, by the rabbis, they decided to give it a different name. They decided that this would be a new biblical new year that starts. This is different from the one that the Lord said. That the that the year would start in the spring and what what month is that but Nisan and where is that commandment in Exodus chapter 12 verse 2 it says this the beginning of the new agricultural year would be established and it would be in the springtime however the rabbis gave such a significance to the first Shabbat which, is this evening, if it was sundown, the first Shabbat of the fall feast of the Lord. And so they considered then a spiritual new year. So now we continue to look at their reasoning. So they decided to make this a spiritual new year, hence the name was changed as well. Biblically known as, as we read in the scripture, Yom Truah the day of sounding the festival of trumpets, this day became known as Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. The purpose of this holiday is summed up in one word. That's regathering. This is a time when the Jewish people around the world gather before the Lord in humility and asking the Lord for forgiveness. So we can kind of understand why they kind of wanted to interject this. But remember this. That's not a directive of the Lord. That's the directive of man. That's their opinion. So let's continue here. Okay? And so with this, Rosh Hashanah became the head of the year, according to the rabbis. The purpose of this holiday summed up in one word, as I said earlier, regathering. Since the fall holidays call Israel to regather to pure faith in God, Rosh Hashanah began, began to represent the day of repentance, the beginning of repentance. And it is the day when the people of Israel take stock in their spiritual condition and make the necessary changes to ensue that the upcoming year will be pleasing to God. Now, doesn't that sound like a good way to encourage people? Yes, but this is man's opinion. This isn't a directive of the Lord. And we have to know the difference to be able to separate the traditions of men and God's declared appointed times for assembly. And so now as we go forward here, we look at this, then it became a very, very important day, Rosh Hashanah, that in fact, the entire preceding Hebrew month of of Elul which would have been in the prior month of of August, because it begins in the earlier portion there, takes on a holy significance of its own. So the rabbi stressed that the 40-day period from the first day of Elul to the 10th day of Tishri, which is Yom Kippur, another appointed day of the Lord for the children of Israel to come to assemble together, was to be a time of special preparation. This was based on the belief that it was on the first of Elul. Did you hear that word? Based on the belief, not what the Bible says. You have to listen. Otherwise, you follow the traditions of men. And this is what the rabbis believe. That it was on the first of Elul that Moshe ascended Mount Sinai. Why? to receive the second set of tablets. Why did he need a second set? Because the children of Israel, when he went on the mountain by himself, and he was fasting and praying before the eyes of the Lord, and he went up there for those Ten Commandments, and on the way down, he heard there was rumbling going on. He thought that some other nation came and attacked the children of Israel. And when he got down there, what did he find? A golden calf. And the children of Israel worshiping an idol. And when Moses Moshe saw that, he took those tablets and just smashed them. And the Lord dealt with the children of Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, now come back up. And I'll give you ten other tablets. And so we know that's scripturally true, but we don't know whether it actually happened there in Lul or not. Because remember, did you not hear that word? That's what they believe. It's their opinion. But we cannot prove it from the scripture. And it's amazing. There's a lot of things in scripture that we cannot prove exactly on. And the Lord doesn't want us to focus on that. Think of this one thing. I'll just throw it out for everyone to consider. We don't know the exactly month and day that Yeshua was born. The Bible doesn't tell us. Okay? So we got to look at things from all perspectives because there's a lot of people out there, a lot of believers that are following the traditions of men. I celebrate the 4th of July. That's okay. I celebrate people's birthdays. That's all right. But then to teach and tell people that this is why we do things, because the Bible tells us so, because God's commanded, then we're teaching the traditions of men. Okay, so let's continue here. And so this special preparation, this was based on the belief that it was on the first of Elul rule that Moshe, Moses ascended Mount Sinai in order to read the second set of tablets of the law, and that he descended upon what day? Yom Kippur. Does the Bible tell us that? No, that's the belief and the opinion of the rabbis. Okay, now let's focus on the Feast of the Lord, which is Yom Truah, the Feast of Trumpets. Yom Truah in the Hebrew and Rosh Hashanah, known mistakenly as the head of the year, the beginning of the year, And I had to give you all that introduction here and background so you can actually understand what I'm talking about here, all right? Because biblically, it is not the beginning of the biblical year. The Bible says in the book of Iikram, we just read that, in chapter 23, verses 23 through 25, that chapter describes the feast of the Lord, and it says in verse 23, and we have to hear it one more time, because you know, repetitiveness, we got to meditate on God's word so we can separate what is man's tradition and obey the Lord for what he tells us to do. Because man is always adding things, is he not? Correct? There are 60, 613 additional statutes and laws that the rabbis have put on the people that the Lord never ordain them to do so let's continue and Adonai said to Moshe Moses tell the people of Israel in the seventh month of the first month is to be for you a day of complete rest for remembering a holy convocation a gathering announced with blasts on the shofar don't do any ordinary kind of work and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai so think about this we have the first four feasts of the Lord, in the spring, in the early part of summer. Then we have a long break. Then all of a sudden, because we can't follow the Gregorian calendar, because sometimes it's way, way off, we have to find we have to follow the lunar calendar, which is the Hebrew calendar, given by the Lord. Have you ever thought about this? The Hebrew calendar has three hundred and sixty days. But the Gregorian has 365 days. Has there been some times when people celebrate um, Passover and Easter Sunday, which is supposed to be resurrected Sunday, actually happens before? And then you look at the Hebrew calendar, and here we have Yeshua Jesus raising from the dead. Before he even dies upon the execution stake of the tree. And those things happen from time to time. If you pay attention. I've been paying attention to this for years. And you got you to look at laughter on this. Because you know that's man's tradition. And that's one of the things. Problems that, that the body of the Messiah. Once they separated themselves from the feasts of the Lord. And from the Jewish people. They kind of went off the rails. So let's continue with today's message. Because I don't want to get too far off the rails myself. So, this is a time when the children of Israel came together in his gathering for Israel. Did you hear that? Israel. Not those who were grafted into Israel, but for Israel. They are the picture of having a relationship with Abba, Father God. So continuing here, a time to stop from their work and rest in him. How many of us believers get so caught up in doing things, we forget to enter into the Lord's rest and know that he's done all? We have to submit to his authority. We have to go through the sanctification process, but yet we're to rest in him. It's in his righteousness. It's in his holiness. That's why he said to us, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And the first part of that verse, says this, let us reason together. He wants you to use your minds. Let's continue. For them to have a Yom Tura, for them to have a day of trumpeting. This is the seventh month, the month of Tishri. This is the first day of the seventh month of Tishri. This is the first of the of the three fall harvest festivals of the Lord. It is about Israel for Israel and Israel regarding Israel. The focus. Because when we interject the church into Israel, we go off the rails. God has a personal covenant with the Jewish people. And I'm speaking mostly now about the non-believing Jewish people. He's going to fulfill that covenant to them. But those who are of the children of Israel, that he's removed the veil from our eyes, we know him intimately. We know him face to face. Let's continue here. So, we must understand that his coming, that this coming September of Yom Teruah, the day, the Feast of Trumpets, Yom Truah, is important that we understand that the people of Israel around the world, but mostly those who are in the land of Israel, in the state of Israel, will gather together in their synagogues. And they will do what? They will blow those shofars. They will have a holy convocation as Sabbath day, and they will not work. They will be together before the Lord. This will be a culmination of a whole month that has already begun. Remember I mentioned about Elul? Asking God for for forgiveness. Shikliot, we say in the Hebrew. Asking forgiveness or asking God to forgive them. This is something that they have been already doing in the last few days, even weeks, at the Western Wall in the land of Israel, the Wailing Wall. Did you see any of those videos? The blowing of the shofar and all those Jewish men and women there at the wailing wall crying out, wanting to be reconciled unto God and yet there's still a veil over their eyes. Let's continue here. They will be before the Lord. Then there comes a moment when they come together and they blow the shofar, the trumpets. The idea is they begin the 10 days of awe ah, between that day and Yom Kippur, the day of atonement. When they believe their fate is now sealed and their names are written in what? Book the book of life. Let's continue. Now, for us as believers, both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, we're not waiting for a festival that cause us to have our names written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Why? The very moment that you and I recognize that we're walking in sin and for us Jews when the Lord removes the veil from our eyes and we see him for who he is and our hearts are broken before him and we recognize that he is our Mashiach, Messiah, our Messiah, just like you Gentiles recognize that he died and he rose from the dead and cleansed you from all unrighteousness, that's the moment that your names are being inscribed in the Lamb's book of life, the book of life. And what does the scripture say in heaven? There are angels that are rejoicing. Let's continue. But for the nation of Israel, As a nation, America was not promised one day in the book of Romans chapter 11 that all of America will be saved. You fill in the blank of any other nation. But the nation of Israel is promised that. That event hasn't happened yet. The moment when they come together, they will see him in whom they pierced. How do we know this? The prophet Zechariah spoke of this in Zechariah 12. As he returns, Yeshua, and his feet land on the Mount of Olives, as recorded in Zechariah chapter 14. It says this, that in that moment when the children of Israel will collectively as a nation, all of Israel at when? At the end of the tribulation. When Daniel's 70th week is fulfilled. They will acknowledge Yeshua, as Romans chapter eleven says, and then all of Israel will be saved. Because what did Yeshua say to them? You will not see me again until you crowd these words. Baruch habab and Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Let's continue. We must understand that just as the four, four first four festivals, the feast of Passover, unleavened bread first fruits and Pentecost, just as they were fulfilled in Israel with the people of Israel before the God of Israel, the last three will also be fulfilled in Israel with the people of Israel before the God of Israel. And they are the picture of God's plan of salvation for them and the rest of the whole world. They are not the type. And are they not the picture? Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, in the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, it says, Do not judge anyone for food or drink or Sabbath or new moons, holidays, for these are the shadows of things to come. But the substance, the literal body of Messiah, we know and we have. Continuing. For us believers, both Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, The shadow is no longer that which we refer to or operate by or even being excited about. For us, the substance, the literal body of Yeshua is what what we should be focusing on, wholly and completely. For we know that our Redeemer lives forever. Isn't it amazing to think of Job, a righteous Gentile, said these words, I know that one day my eyes shall see my Redeemer. Praise be to God. Let's continue. Not only that Yeshua was born and died for our sins, that Yeshua resurrected from the dead, and that Yeshua is seated where? At the right hand of the Father in heaven. That very moment we understand that Yeshua is God who came to us as a man, both God and man, the moment that Yeshua completed, Yeshua finished. He said, it's done. It is now finished. He said that where? But on the cross at execution stake. That moment we understand that we no longer are aware underneath the law. The moment we understand that the law was never designed to save anyone. Did you hear that? You super-Jewish Gentiles who are trying to fulfill the law. The law cannot save you. Only Messiah Yeshua can. By his blood you have been bought. Let's continue. So the moment we understand that we no longer are under the law, the moment we understand that the law was never designed to save everyone, The moment we understand that the law was the teacher, a shadow. But what do we have better than shadow? We have the substance. We have the body. We have the relationship. Yeshua has inscribed you on his hands. Let's continue. This is the conclusion where we must understand that we're waiting for the return for both us Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah. Yeshua will return for us. And that can happen any moment, any day of the week, any month of the year. Rav Shul, the Apostle Paul, lived that type of life expectation. He was eagerly waiting for Yeshua to come and take him and the Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, his bride, Yeshua's bride. This is what he communicated to the Messianic believers in Thessalonica, when Shaul wrote in First Thessalonians chapter four verses sixteen through eighteen, for the Lord Himself will come down where from heaven with a rising cry, and with with, with one of the call of the ruling angel, angels and with whose shofar, not man on this this earth, blowing shofars, but God's shofar. Where do you, is that blown? That's blown in heaven, not on earth. See the difference. Let's continue here. And God's far. And those who died united with the Messiah will be first to rise, and we who are still alive will be caught up with him in where the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus will always be with the Lord. And he says this now comfort one another with these words. For Rav Shaul, Paul, knew that there was no Jewish holiday for that to happen, there was no tribulation to have had to have already happened or begun. It was an eminent expectation of an eminent return of Yeshua without anything that has to happen. However, for the people of Israel, for the nation of Israel, there must happen, this must happen. The Bible is very clear. In the book of Daniel, chapter 9, it says this, regarding the 70 weeks which were designed for the nation of Israel, for the city of Jerusalem, Because when you read about Daniel, he had no revelation the Gentiles were going to be grafted in. This is all about Israel. And there are many people today that say that the church has replaced Israel. That's a demonic doctrine from the pit of hell. Let's continue here. Blessed be the name of the Lord in the book of Daniel chapter 9, regarding the 70th weeks which designed for the nation of Israel and for the city of Jerusalem, not Washington, D.C., not France, not Paris. The Bible talks about the facts that the 69 weeks have already happened. And how do we know this? Because it was when Yeshua came riding on that donkey, and during that time, he offered himself, not for anything that he did wrong, but that, what he has done for the 70th week to be completed in the future. The week, which is what? The tribulation. That will start where? When the anti the Antichrist, will rise and be revealed. That's when it begins. Continuing. It also designated for Israel and Jerusalem. And also be the chapter that in Romans chapter 11, verses 26 through 27, will eventually produce salvation for the nation of Israel. Of course, as 2 Corinthians 3.14 says this, it says this, when a Jew, even today, comes to the understanding that Yeshua is the Messiah, the veil has been removed from their eyes. That once blinded them to the truth of who he is and every jewish person has to have yeshua himself literally remove that veil from his eyes let's finish that verse say it one time rabbi frank second corinthians chapter 3 verse 14 says that when a jew even today comes to the understanding that yeshua is the messiah the veil is taken away that only yeshua can remove that veil Throughout history, any Jew that accepted Yeshua as a Messiah had that veil removed through Yeshua because of his faith and trust in Yeshua. Yeshua said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's not another way for a Jewish person. They cannot ride on the coattails of Father Abraham or any any, uh, excellent rabbi. Let's continue here. Praise be to God. But as a nation, Israel's still blinded. As a nation, Israel's still expecting the coming of the Messiah. You recently heard about the red heifers, didn't you? We'll get into that a little bit, a few moments. And unfortunately, Zechariah chapter 13, verses 8 and 9 say this. And I remember as a young man reading this for the very first time. And it just breaking my heart. This is what it says. Zechariah chapter 13 verses 8 and 9 says that two-thirds of Israel will perish and only one-third will bring them, th- only one-third will survive and Yeshua will bring them through what? Through the fire. What is the fire the tribulation? and Yeshua will have them as his own. Two-thirds of the Jewish people were not murdered in the Shoah. When I first read that, I just broke my heart. I thought, we've been through enough. So let us understand this together. The Feast of Trumpets, Yom Teruah, is for the Jews. The Feast of the Trumpets is a foreshadow of the return of Yeshua with his bride at the end of the tribulation. Jews and Gentiles, want a Messiah. This is for Israel. The Feast of the Trumpets will be fulfilled exactly in the exact timing when the 10 days later Yom Kippur will be filled fulfilled right after that. And the Feast of Tabernacles will be fulfilled just as the first four spring holidays were fulfilled exactly at the same biblical timing frame between one another. The last three of the fall festivals will also be fulfilled in the same biblical timing between one another. So if the Feast of Trumpets is all about the harpazo being caught up in the rapture of the bride... Jews and Gentiles, one in Messiah, in his congregation, how can you have Yom Kippur take place exactly 10 days later? How can the Feast of Tabernacles happen right after Yom Kippur? To simplify this, it is our belief that Yeshua can come, perhaps even today, and we don't even have to wait for any feast for him to return for his bride. We don't have to wait for it to be celebrated in Israel. But Israel has to wait for the he for the feast that's happening and celebrating in Israel. In fact, remember that Israel will look upon him whom they pierced. And together the nation of Israel will come together in Israel, to celebrate. And that will not be a trumpet of God because what is God's command? You've read it in Vayikra 23, verses 23 through 25, that the Jewish men and women will be blowing the shofars on the feast of Yom Truah. That's a pattern that the Lord has sent here. it will be the trumpeting of men, and they will blow the trumpet as they were required in by 23, 23:23 verse 25. So as us, the Messian believers, both Jews and Gentiles, a Messiah, there is no need for us to get excited every Feast of Trumpets. You know how many times I've heard from pastors that have told me this, that they believe that the Lord's coming back for his bride on the Feast of Trumpets? I came to know Messiah when I was 12. I'm now 62. You do the math. Is the bride of Messiah still here? Yes. So as for us Messianic believers, there's no need for us to get excited every Feast of Trumpets, thinking that our rapture is ready about to happen. Because if the rapture is happening on the Feast of Trumpets, then we're disqualifying. We're dismissing any other day of the year. But if Yeshua said this, come, that he can come at any giving day, perhaps today. And now I'm not trying to estimate or give you a date of the rapture's type, timing. In fact, I'm telling you that it can happen before this day or any other day at any moment. We don't have to put our hopes in a certain day on the calendar of Israel. This calendar of the Jews is for the Jews, for celebrating the Feast of the Lord, they celebrate as Jews. So we as Messian believers, thankfully, know whom, but the substance, the body of Messiah. We don't have to rush and run all around after these shadows when you know the authentic. You have a relationship with him. You speak to him. You have fellowship with him daily. So going forward here, this is exactly what we read now in Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, chapter 9. You're wondering about those red heifers. Here it is. About the red heifer. The red heifer's ashes are a requirement in the Tanakh, the Old Testament, to cleanse some people who wants to go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because they've been around somebody who's recently died, and they're ceremonially unclean. So the red heifer was a foreshadow of what? But the blood of Messiah Yeshua. A temporary covering. Just like the morning and evening sacrifices. They were a foreshadowing of the blood of Yeshua. That not only washes our sins away, but cleanses us from all unrighteousness and gives us a relationship with him that we love him more than our sin. And we're willing to die to our sin that we can have a right relationship and fellowship with him because he's the lover of our souls. Let's continue. It will give these Jewish people a false assumption that they are now clean and now they can visit the temple. The temple will only be built as part of an international agreement that will allow Jews to to go to build a temple on the Temple Mount, on the third holiest site of the Muslim world. Something can only happen today when the anti is ruling. This is probably going to take place during the seven years of the peace deal that he, anti the Antichrist, signs. But as recorded in Daniel 9, In 2 Thessalonians, it says this, that he breaks. And he'll break it right in the middle of that seven-year tribulation. And he will enter into the temple, and he will declare himself as God from that very temple. And the Jewish people who have been deceived will see him for who he is. And they will flee. They go to Petra. Where the Lord has prepared a place because during that time two-thirds of the Jewish people will be murdered and only one-third will survive according to what the prophets say, not by what this rabbi says. Continuing, so as anything that has to do with the temple has nothing to do with the bride of Messiah. Yeshua's bride, us, Has to be taken out of here before the revealing and the rise of the Anti Messiah that marks the beginning of the tribulation. The bride of Messiah is not to be excited about the third temple. You know, there were a lot of people years ago in the 80s, they said there were not enough stones in Israel to build a third temple. And so these frauds were asking, going around, we would like to help the Jewish people build the third temple. And they were taking offerings. Any of you who have been to Israel, there are plenty of rocks. They don't need rocks. Okay? So let us continue here. The bride of Messiah Yeshua is not to be excited about the third temple or the things that are actually going on to confuse and deceive the Jewish people. To think that they have now a way to God but they don't need Yeshua, the promised Messiah. There have been a number of red heifers throughout the years. So we always hear about the arrival of it, and they don't always tell us later that they found one white hair or any other discolored hair, because what happens? They are then immediately disqualified. Rabbinical teaching says... Underline that word. rabbinical teaching says that there were only nine heifers in history. Also Rabbi Maimonides says that the tenth one will come by Messiah himself. To the Jews, it's a messianic sign, those that have a veil over their eyes, and they're getting excited about it, because they believe the Messiah is finally going to come, but he's going to be an imposter. And God knows that. So let's continue here. But for us who know that the third temple is going to bring about for the Jewish people, first the deception of the Antichrist, Santa Messiah, that he may be the one who brings peace, and then he reveals his true character, his true motivation when he declares that he is God from the temple. This is bad news, and this is the moment that Israel will go through the worst tribulation, the worst holocaust, more than the one in World War II. Daniel 12 says this, and we're just about done. It says at such a time of trouble, there has never been, ever in the history of the people of Israel. A thing since Israel became a nation. a nation, it will be terrible, and they will be. That but there will be that remnant, according to Revelation chapter twelve, will be hidden, prepared in the desert to be taken back into the land. And on Yom Teruah, the day of trumpeting, as they come on that day, they, the Jewish people, will then. See him who they have pierced. Why? Because he's coming before them. And he hears those words from the city of Jerusalem. Baruch haba adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they will eventually accept him as Lord. And they will have the entrance into the millennial kingdom that will be established in Jerusalem. Once again, Israel will be that nation to the whole world will look up to. It will then become the head of the nations. Why? Because Yeshua is their king. He's their Messiah. Continuing here. Yeshua said that his coming for us is quickly. Yeshua said no one knows the day or the hour of the harpazo, that caught up the rapture. And we're not to guess about it. So let us remember what Leviticus 23 verses 23 through 25 is all about. May we pray for the salvation of Israel as they're expecting their Messiah as more and more. And let us remember what 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says. will understand who he is, the Jewish people. And the veil will be lifted finally from their eyes. So, Yom Truah is not about the rapture of the Bride of Messiah, but it's about Israel celebrating the Feast of Trumpets. Let us wish the Jewish people who have veil over their eyes a happy Rosh Hashanah, and pray for their salvation. And so, Father God, we come before you humbly with contrite hearts. We thank you for salvation came from God the Father through Yeshua's Son by the empowering and equipping of the Ruach HaKodesh. And you allowed certain Jewish men and women to have the veil removed from their eyes. And they saw Messiah for who he is. When he died, majority of them couldn't believe that he had died, even though he told them that he was about to die. And when the report came, and the women came and gave the report that his tomb is empty, they didn't believe it. And so, Father, in that blindness, my brothers... And sisters of the nation of Israel, I plead now on their part that you will gently remove the veil from their eyes so they can see Yeshua for who he is. Because from every generation, you've been drawing out a remnant of Jewish people to come to know Messiah and to fulfill your will. We humbly ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.